0: minds of some of the world's best magic players and personalities. I'm your host James Sue. In this series my guests and I talk about Magic the Gathering but the game is just a starting point. It is hundred percent focused on the guests themselves. This is a place where I can highlight their passions, interests, and stories. You'll hear less talk about magic-specific strategy and more talk about what my guests have learned over the years. I hope that you will enjoy these free-flowing conversations. I'm always looking for feedback on the show if you have any questions, comments, or even guess whom you would like to see me interview in a subsequent show, just drop me a line on Twitter. My Twitter handle is James underscore HSU. That's James underscore HSU. I am more than happy to talk to you about anything, any constructive feedback or any questions you may have about the show. Hey, welcome back to Humans and Magic, part three of my talk with Jonathan Alexander. If you have made it this far, Congratulations, you are one of the few brave souls who have managed to get this far in a three hour plus talk. It's not easy, but I am super grateful to you for listening. Now in this final part three, Jonathan and I are going to be talking about some of the deeper things when it comes to playing magic. He talks about wanting to be the best at magic, the real life costs of playing the game, and what it means to be a great player. As Jonathan and I are both content creators, we also talk about content creation and generating value and everything that goes into writing for the masses and creating stuff for the masses. Uh, So I hope you have enjoyed the talk so far and let's go right into part three. have any sort of goals when it comes to legacy like if you could imagine yourself like a year or two from now are there things that you think about you wanting to achieve that you may not have achieved at this point in time
1: um well it's it's quite simple i just want to be the best legacy player like not the guy that won tournament x or tournament y i want to be the best legacy player period
0: is that is that measurable though or is that just something that's a it, state of mind
1: like not in the the state of mind kind of sense, but like the hands down agreed upon best legacy player i see.
0: i'm not sure
1: I'm not sure if that's possible to achieve, but I definitely want to be that person
0: okay, so maybe one uh, uh, comparison is like people often say. John Finko or Kai Buda is like one or one of the best magic players of all time. Like the, either one of them, um, you want to be potentially someone when someone says, you know, one of the best legacy players out there, it would be, um, it would be Jonathan Alexander.
1: For yeah. Example. I w- don't want to be one of the best. I want to be the best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. That's the confidence. I like it. I like it.
1: Well, I don't think that's confidence. I think that's,
0: that's just well. the goal that's just what you want it's right?
1: a goal yeah. yeah um we'll see how far i get but right it's definitely where i want to be i think that's what we all want to be right
0: sure i mean if we're all doing something why not try to be the best
1: right? uh, i don't know <laughs> like the, i'm a bit extreme in that regard but i've always thought like why would i do something i don't think i'm at least have the potential to be very very good at
0: oh um, okay that's interesting
1: I don't compete in other sports or games or whatever because I don't think I'm going to be great at them. Okay. Um, I don't play modern tournaments or standard tournaments or whatever drafts, even when they are basically right in my face, because they are on Magic Online, because I don't think I'm going to be great at them. I'm like, I've said to myself, it was a while back that I was only going to play tournaments that I was thinking I could potentially win um, I have definitely played tournaments where that was not the case yeah <laughs> but I think in most legacy tournaments I do uh, even by now have a fair shot
0: right and that's that's a great mindset to, to have in the great that
1: is definitely arrogance I'm perfectly aware of that
0: <laughs> I know but but in a way you have to have that arrogance to, yeah I think to, so. to, be, to yeah. be great or to some to to be to master that thing right
1: yeah I think so, too.
0: So what's the gap between you now and I'm assuming you haven't perfected Legacy where you're not the greatest right now. <laughs> so what is what is it going to take for you to become a master or the greatest at Legacy?
1: So I think one part of my game that is definitely lacking is I'm not switching decks enough. Um, Legacy is just such a wide format that there are so many decks. I want to be able to play all of them like maybe not play all of them, like be the best player of every deck, but at least be a capable player with every deck. And if you gave me lands, for example, and said go play this tournament, I would just completely bomb out because mm-hmm. I can't play the deck. Same is true for Death and Taxes and likely most non-blue decks, which is in part because I think most non-blue decks are not very good. I, like I have a very very strict guideline of playing brainstorm and legacy yeah i think if you're not playing brainstorm you are doing yourself a disservice mm-hmm. um there are just too many matchups where non-brainstorm decks are just too far behind most of them are combo matchups
0: right
1: um also i'm not great with miracles which is the number one deck in legacy i have not played all of the delver decks There's so many decks in Legacy I want to play, but I just can't because I don't have the cards or just don't get to play enough. And that is, I think, the number one hurdle one has to get over. You need to be able to play all the decks. And if there's a tournament, you want to be the person that's like, okay, this is the best deck to play in this metagame, and this is the best list for this metagame. I know that for sure. This is where you want to be.
0: So you don't want to be restricting yourself, you want to be the best
1: yeah, exactly like what good is it to be the like for example, not saying that I am the, the best Canadian threshold player in the world when that's all I can do, that right. doesn't get me anywhere if Canadian threshold is bad
0: yeah, because nothing exists in a vacuum right it's all contextual based on that yeah the exactly okay, yeah but going back to what you said about miracles and how you didn't enjoy playing the deck or or to play for prolonged periods of time or maybe both do you think that's holding you back because miracles right now for example is probably considered one of the best decks in legacy
1: um actually i think it's not that great um it's just very consistent sure and if if your opponents get better the deck does perform worse um like, people say how oppressive Miracles is and how good it is against, like, potentially everything. I don't think that's true. I think the deck is adaptable, mm-hmm. so there's always going to be a portion of the metagame that it can beat. Um, but uh, the sample size is not huge, but according to my data, Miracles is actually underperforming on Magic Online. Not by much, but... Um, th- and this is only if the... the um, my assumption is correct that the decks you see on uh, mcggoldfish.com, I think it's .com, I don't know, um, they have metagame breakdowns for all the formats. Yeah, they
0: have those and articles which are great.
1: Yeah. I, I think um, their metagame is reflecting the winning metagame. Mm-hmm. And I actually compared their data to my data, and they have less miracles than I have faced, because I'm keeping track of all the games I play on Magic Online. In fact, all the games of Magic I play in right. tournament. Right. And I have definitely faced a higher saturation of Miracles than they are showing on their site. It's like it was like 16% what I faced and 15% what they've shown. And the sample size is not huge. But even if that is the case, it means the deck is winning less than it should. And if it's If there's less miracles in the winning decks than there is in the metagame, the deck is not oppressive.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think people are also not trying hard enough to beat it. And this is also one of the things um, I've talked about earlier about the switching decks part. This is the number one thing holding people back in Legacy. People are not willing to switch decks. And... uh, that is fair because it's very hard to switch decks in legacy because not only are are you quite invested in your deck it's also not easy to pick up a new deck in legacy because all the matchups and all the basically everything in legacy is super intricate yeah so starting from zero again can be a pain and i get how you don't want to do that but if your deck is terrible against the number 1 deck in the format maybe you just just play a different deck because yep. there are definitely decks out there that have good matchups against Miracles. Um, there are also decks out there that have reasonable matchups against Miracles that are like in the 50-55 range. And other decks just completely trans Miracles and are still good. Canadian threshold, for example. Right. Which no one wants to know about, apparently. <laughs>
0: yep.
1: I, I, like, I don't know. People talk about how Miracles is so impressive and my win percentage against Miracles is 75% with the deck. Mm-hmm if that is not a solution i don't know what is
0: yeah i mean i it it seems like most people would rather i'm not saying you or i but people would rather uh, spend a lot of time online complaining about something rather than try to solve the problem so
1: i don't think that's the case um i don't people just want to complain i think people are just not willing to go far enough
0: not willing to go far enough.
1: Like like we, we and we all have this vision of what magic what legacy should be and we think if our deck like the deck we've been playing for how many years whatever does not have a place in that format then the format is broken. Um I definitely had that feeling and I'm I'm not calling anyone out or something or anything. I think that's it is not super far fetched to have that feeling. Um I can I get why people want to play what they are playing. I also don't think I would be enjoying Legacy all that much if there was no brainstorm around. Mm-hmm. Like, I like I just enjoy playing almost all of the blue matchups. I play I uh, enjoy playing Force of Wills versus Tendrils, I enjoy playing Devil of Secrets versus Counterbalance. I just enjoy it. And I think if all, these match, uh, meta, if all these archetypes died, I wouldn't enjoy playing the format as much anymore. And for other people, those decks are not the Brainstorm decks. Or, I don't know, those decks are whatever deck loses to Miracles and t- still has Brainstorm in it. Sure. That's, I think it's, it might even be a natural thing to think.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm everybody has a different notion of what makes a format or a game fun or enjoyable. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So I'm wondering then, to me, it seems like magic is a fairly big part of your life right now, right? Because you want to get, yeah. you want to get great at the legacy format. You want to get great at magic. Um, what would happen if tomorrow Brainstorm was not allowed in Legacy?
1: Well, if Brainstorm was not allowed in Legacy, I would see how all the decks are doing, what you could play. Um, if if it came to a point where it was like, okay, I'm not enjoying this anymore, I'm going to stop playing Magic. Um, well, I guess... I might go to university more again (laughs) okay Uh, i would definitely pick up another game i think yeah i'm a lifelong gamer and i've been a competitor for a while now Uh, i think i would play pokemon because pokemon video game championships is looking to be great coming next year or this fall i guess when the new games come out yeah uh the games in general I think it's super interesting. I enjoy playing a lot. Uh, I think it's a better spectator sport than magic is. And that's one of the main things, holding magic back in my, things, uh, in my eyes. Um, and Pokemon is very intricate. It's, um, for those who have never played, which is probably most of you guys listening, uh, competitive Pokemon is almost all deck building. And you can actually calculate how things are going to go. And magic, you have like, oh, am I going to play Spell or Spell Pierce to be able to counter that or that uh, storm or sneak and show? And Pokemon, you are like, am I going with move X? Am I going to invest X points in this or that stat? Mm-hmm. This is a guaranteed KO or this I survive guaranteed. Um, this is very interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. It's also very complex. It's very read based, which is something I do enjoy. Um I don't know. I think it's a ge- it's a great game and I have dabbled into it a bit before. Um it's just the the barrier of entry is just too high I think at this point, which is also a problem that Magic has, I guess. But with Magic I'm already past that barrier, so it's not too big a deal for me.
0: Sure. You're invested in Magic at this point, right? So Yeah. Okay. Uh is I mean Pokémon, it sounds like it's something that you don't you're not you haven't really gone really too deep into it but at least you know enough about it to to speak about it on these terms right i have
1: deep enough i have gone deep enough into it that if i were to test i could reasonably compete in a tournament but i can't at this point
0: i see i see
1: like um i used to play the online ladder a bit and i had a decent rating at least but i wasn't exceptional because i didn't try to be uh, maybe there are other reasons maybe i'm just not good enough like maybe the potential isn't there but i definitely wasn't trying to be exceptional
0: i think it's probably just your the the effort you put in right because you're probably more it, that, focused that that's
1: way. the case with most things right like people always say oh you are good because you are talented but with almost everything in life it's you are good
0: <laughs> sorry I, i'm just remembering uh what Rodrigo said when I was asking about him, him playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, and he actually had a really interesting sentence. He said, "All card games are basically the same." So you know, I, I was I was like, "How did you get from Yu-Gi-Oh to playing Magic or successful in Magic?" And he's just like, "Well, it's the same basic skills." And so, um, having played a few card games myself, I, I think it's really just the effort that that you put in.
1: So. Yeah, I think that's the case with most things. Like if you play fighting games. You you just have to practice tech skill all the time. If if you don't, you get worse or you never get good, um, which just people in the fighting game community like to say. uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Or 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 there's like the fundamentals, which all serious competitors have to be good at as a technical player. And then once you progress beyond that, then there's like mind reading and like intangible skills. But you got to have the fundamentals first.
1: Yeah, there there is a degree to which talent plays a role, but I don't um, like there is the baseline. For example, you cannot play fighting games if you're blind. Like that is definitely a talent, quote unquote, that you need to be able to play the game. Um, In the same way, you have to you need a certain degree of intelligence to be able to play strategic games. Right, but that is just very, very fundamental. People make it out to be more important than it is,
0: yeah yeah why why do you think that is? Why do you think people fundamentally fail to understand um what it takes?
1: um One of the ideas I've had for a while now is that or rather sentiment. Uh, when someone tells you that that whatever you're going to you want to do, or when someone tells uh, tells you something is impossible, what they mean is they can't do it. And when someone tells you they can't do something, it really means they don't want to be able to do it. Um, and humans are just not very good. making out the difference um i think you see this with like martial arts a lot where people tell you or acrobatics whatever people tell you doing x is not possible because they have tried but they have not tried very hard and they have not worked up to it they tell you skill x is impossible to uh, attain and then you show them a video clip of someone doing it and they're like oh wow that is so sick like (laughs) very basic very basic example is like doing one-arm push-ups yeah people try that for the first time and they're like no this is not possible it is it definitely is possible (laughs) right you're just not trying hard enough Mm -hmm. you have to work for it and then you can do it but you can't just do it On a snap. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are areas in life where you just don't have to put in much work to be able to do them. Um, But others you do have to put in work. And if you don't, you are going to fail. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know. I think that's just how the world works. And uh, people would be better off being more aware of this. Like There are many things that people deem impossible that are very much possible. Right. right. And excellence is definitely one of them.
0: Yeah. But but it's interesting because the world's almost designed or societies are almost designed in a way that rewards the majority of people not seeking excellence. Like Yeah,
1: yeah. You're definitely... Like, I'm not sure if you're being rewarded for being average rather than excellence. But you can definitely go through uh, life that you, way. You are, however, definitely encouraged to pursue average than excellence. Mm-hmm. I, um, I don't know where I read it, but uh, there was something about how parents don't want the best options for their kids. They only want the safest. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, perfectly natural. Like Getting the, the safe thing is great. Like being guaranteed something is well, you are being guaranteed to get it. That's that can't be bad, right? But if yeah. there's so much room to improve, why not go for it? And society is very bad at encouraging encouraging this. Mm-hmm. Like in in school, for example, you you have grades that pass and grades that don't, and. Often kids get just encouraged to pass when in theory uh, in reality, maybe it would be better for them f- throughout their entire life if they learn to pursue excellence i don't know i I just sometimes have these ideas about life that might be totally off but so far, there's no inclination for me to think that's the case
0: yes, uh you're right until proven wrong I think that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: because no one is bothering to prove me wrong I'm yeah the right everyone's <laughs> out there trying to
0: pursue their uh, mediocrity or excellence whatever it may be they're too busy to to tell you that you're you're wrong or you're right obviously magic has had a, a big impact on your your life so far and i know that you just said that you're you don't live a life in regret so i'm just going to go right ahead and ask it. it do you think there are some ways that magic has negatively impacted your life in some way uh, definitely because
1: my family is not very fond of me playing magic uh, I get to feel that a lot
0: <laughs> why is that you think <laughs>
1: um, I think it's wanting the safe option like what I talked about earlier they want me to pursue a traditional career and at the moment at least I'm very much not interested in that mm-hmm. Um Mainly that. I don't know. Like there there is some things going on that I don't not fully understand and don't really want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um what else is there? I th- I probably have made some reckless decisions in regards to magic. Um Magic has definitely spoiled me. Like if you, I don't know if that was ever the case for you with poker, but uh, magic for me is something that most of the time I very much do enjoy doing. Yeah. And, and there was a time there where, at least for my standards, it was very profitable for me to play magic. So right. I'm used to being able to afford everything I want off my hobby, basically. Yeah. And that just completely ruins you for the working world. <laughs> <laughs> right. It does, not, not many people have
0: hobbies that you can support yourself. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: if you, uh, if I talked to, when I was going to university right after stopping to play a lot of magic and making a decent amount of money off it, I noticed how everyone else was just like scraping to get by mm-hmm. and, When I saw something and I wanted it, I bought it. It was very easy for me. And I I had... This sounds very douchey, but I just had more money than the average student. That is because the average student has to work hard for university and doesn't have the time to earn any money. Whereas I was for a year or maybe a year and a half before I started going to university, I was mainly focused on making money and never spending any of it. Right, And that just completely imbalances the scales like you you live a completely different life it's not people talk about being in different stages of life right yeah Yeah. and with me it's more like i'm just living an entirely different life what other people are doing cannot be compared to what i'm doing and in that regard magic has definitely ruined me Mm -hmm. because i'm used to be able to do whatever i want more or less
0: I see I see is it just uh this sort of pursuit of magic and the sort of the the lifestyle you've that it's given you or do you think that's something that you've always felt or inclined to do even before magic
1: um I definitely always wanted to do what I wanted to do (laughs) 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 which I guess is quite obvious yeah um But magic has definitely given me the means to do it more
0: often. I see. I see. So, yes, in that sense, um, to, use your, to use your words, you are spoiled in that sense because not everybody can have that yeah. privilege, right?
1: Oh, and I, I definitely feel bad about it sometimes. Like, uh, other people have to work hard and I just play games. That That is something that makes me feel bad sometimes. And, like... I don't really contribute to society. I definitely plan on changing that at some point, but I don't know how and I don't know when. Um, Mm -hmm. I do want to do good for the world. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not doing that right now. Mm.
0: But then again, you said that, at least when I was playing poker for that brief moment of time, I felt great that I was getting a little bit of money on the side, but it was also very tough mentally. And I would imagine that even though you just try to trivialize it by saying I'm playing a game for a living, there must be a fair share of frustrations, right? I mean, there must um, be some of that.
1: There, there was a lot of pressure when I was playing PTQs because, for whatever reason, I was terrible in PTQs. Like, and I don't know how many I played. Something in the ten to twenty range, I think my best ptq finish was ninth place and i don't know it it just always seemed that when i was playing ptqs everything seemed to go wrong and that was very frustrating and that was also coupled with me constantly hearing how i should never stop playing magic Uh, i should just stop playing magic and how it was just a complete waste of time and that definitely weighed me down a bit yeah. Um, that didn't feel great and there was also there was the time leading up to the period of me going to university again mm-hmm. because I was just like yeah this has been too hard for the last couple of weeks, months whatever mm-hmm. I need a break
0: I, I mean it sounds like university is just not something that it's a direction that you want to take like even if you even if you didn't have to do homework like it doesn't I s- don't know
1: um, I do enjoy learning new things. Yep. I just think there's so much going wrong with the university system. and in general with like job qualifications and stuff like that. I think these p- things are completely messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate learning, like the, the practice kind of learning, like mm-hmm. sitting down and grinding something again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Just to like learning yeah. things by heart, that's not me. I hate that. I never did that in school. um I will not start doing that now, right um but in general, like if there's something where I get to learn new things every day and they don't mess it up with a complete disaster of an educational system come in. Um all game. And also I have to be able to do a job that I enjoy doing at the end.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not starting to go to university just to be able to make a good living. Like, that's not me.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, it sounds like what you have now as a living is enough for you, right? Like you're not...
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm very good at not spending money. Like obviously... There's like no social security or anything. If I'm out of money, I'm out of money, and that's not great. Um, if you do a proper job, you get a pension. Is that the word in English? Like yes, where you get paid pension. when you're old and don't and can't work anymore? Yeah, uh, I won't get that as a magic player. Yeah. Uh, so, I definitely do see myself doing something quote-unquote proper at some point in the future i'm not sure how long how far off that is though okay
0: well i hope whatever it is you end up doing in the longer term i mean the world changes quickly so whatever it is you you continue to do or do differently um i hope you'll be successful in it um i want to see everyone do well especially you <laughs> thank you <Thanks. laughs> Yeah, actually, I, mean,
1: I don't think I would even do it if I weren't successful. So,
0: exactly, and, and actually, there were, you know, there are a bunch of questions that I had on my list that I wanted to ask you, but through the course of us talking, I realized <laughs> that I didn't need to ask them. Like, why magic? Like, I know now. <laughs> or what are some ways that magic has enriched your life? Magic right? was magic was there. <laughs> Man, <That's it. laughs> actually, uh, that actually is the number one answer for most people. It's just that like people people found it right. And, like, uh,
1: um, yeah, I think the number one reason. I enjoy competing in magic like going to tournaments is I'm not sure how your experience was. Um, my experience was you go to school and you're never really rewarded for being good. Mm. If you are good at school, you are a jerk. That is my experience. Mm. Maybe it is because I'm a jerk, but When I went to school and I was doing well, people did not like that. Mm. I don't know if they were bitter about it or if I was not very nice about it. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't great for me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And magic is the complete opposite or sports, anything, anything that you compete in. If you go to a competition where everyone just goes to compete and you are doing well, that is something to be respected. You are good at that point. People look up to you when you are doing well. When you, are, like, when you put in work and it pays off, people will congratulate you rather than telling you that you're like a teacher's pet or something. Yep. Yep. Not that I've ever been that, but uh, <laughs> I think that like, it's the same thing how our society is so hard mm-hmm. not pushing excellence that if you pursue it as a kid, you have everyone against you.
0: Yes, or put it another way, like um, the way you describe, like going to a tournament, and it, it's it's unabashed, like it's very clear, black and white, what you're there to do, which is to win. Yeah, and winning gets celebrated. There's no other BS about like, oh, you know, you got second place, so here's a trophy, or like you, oh, here's a consolation prize or something like that.
1: Yeah, there's also no, you won your jerk. Well, sometimes there is if you're playing like combo decks. <laughs> like oh you're just playing the best deck and this is so boring but in the end it's like almost everyone who does well is well you picked the best deck good job
0: I, I'm just reminded of uh, something that Mike Turian just told me like uh, a week or two ago when we were talking um, he, he's now at Wizards of the Coast but he he played a lot of Limited and got into the Hall of Fame that way He the, the thing he said about him loving tournaments is just that he, he loves tournaments because it's almost similar to what you said it's like he can on any particular day there's a very clear like this guy is the best player in the room or this guy is a winner and he yeah. he really likes that and of course i think you guys all like sort of the um for lack of a better word respect that goes with it
1: yeah people don't stress that enough i think um like most of the time if you did not win the tournament you did not deserve to win the tournament People don't realize that. Um, I don't know if... This might come off a bit disrespectful, but I'm going to say it anyway because that's the way I am. Um, If you watch the GP Prague finals, um, obviously, Rodrigo won and his opponent didn't. (laughs) And his opponent did not play in a way that was going to win him the tournament. So his opponent did not deserve to win that tournament. He did not deserve to beat Rodrigo because he yeah. was not playing perfectly. Maybe this might be the case. Again, no disrespect to Rodrigo. I appreciate his success a lot. Yeah. Um, he's a great guy. He, but maybe he also didn't deserve to win the tournament.
0: Hmm.
1: So if you are not winning it's very likely that you did not deserve to win. If you are winning, it doesn't guarantee, it doesn't automatically mean that you do deserve to win, though. Hmm. And I I think this deserving thing is something people often overlook.
0: But how do you know that that player deserves or doesn't deserve? Is it his own recollection or is it like there's a panel that that looks at his mindset and what he's doing on the table? If if
1: someone is just not playing well, which is usually fairly objective, they did not deserve to win. Got it. You only deserve to win if you are the absolute best. And if you are not, well, you don't deserve to win and... Maybe someone else does deserve to win, yeah. and they do, but sometimes you don't deserve it and you still get it.
0: Right. That's, uh, that's the variance or the, 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 the long yeah. aspect. And, and I think the way I would look at it, I, I fully agree with you. I think another way to say it is just that if you're playing better than everybody else in the long run, you're just going to, um, to win a lot more than you're losing or you're going to win everything in yeah.
1: the long run. Uh, Magic they, is also yeah. It, just speak out. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh no, uh, it's just I maybe it's I don't think of it in terms of deserving, but I, I just feel like objectively, if you're playing better than everybody in this game, whatever it is, you're gonna win uh, more than you're losing in a, in overall or in the long term. So
1: yeah, I think one factor in this is how no one is really playing consistently. Like I talked about this before, how it's not important to get X, Y, or Z right, but X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also, if you once get X, Y, and Z right, it doesn't mean you are the best. You are the best if you always get X, Y, and Z right. And that basically doesn't happen. Like at some point down the road, everyone's going to mess up and that is what makes Magic so hard and what makes it so hard to evaluate who's the best player because mm-hmm. what are you measuring? Are you measuring who's the best player that day? Who's the best player in their peak? Who's the worst player in their peak? Uh, uh, who's the worst player on average? Like, who has the lowest play? Right. Uh, the, 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 the lowest Bad or the the best bad, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, whose floor is the highest? It's very hard to say which of these is most important.
0: Right. I mean, it can be, and also the the scales are just different for everybody at at different times. And it's not, one day it could be XYZ, another day it could be XYZ and A and B. And sometimes, like, it's like only A and B for this player or for this tournament or this format. So,
1: yeah. Like, if there's ABC and XYZ and one person always get ABC right and the other gets XYZ right, which one of them's better? You you just can't say.
0: Right. Right. It's 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 impossible. But I guess that's also the allure of a game like Magic is that it's complex enough where you cannot play perfectly uh using any criteria that you want to define for playing perfectly at any time.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds like you you do enjoy hard things though, or challenging oh, things. Yeah. I, mean, I definitely do we're, enjoy we're challenges. Not, we're not yes. playing checkers here, so yeah. I actually
1: don't know what checkers is.
0: Oh, okay. It's uh, uh, okay. I I I say it condescendingly, but it it is a it is a one v one game, and it's uh it's it's it you only have like um. How do I put it? There are two sides, two colors. Each player has a color, and you have to like jump over certain other pieces to, um, to to win or to get points. Um, I actually
1: think we have that in Germany, and it's called something else entirely.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm probably like there's probably a lot of skill in that too. I don't know, maybe there's skill in in rock paper scissors or tic tac toe or anything. But um, what I mean is that magic, magic or chess and like games like this, they offer complexity in ways that some games do not. Yeah, definitely. Tell me a little bit about how you started creating content for and writing your blog, The Weekly Wars.
1: Um so uh just when I basically when I started playing Storm, I started writing tournament reports. And I like those and I wanted to just have a recollection I guess of all my tournament reports so I started a blog and I called it The Weekly Wars because I thought at the time that I was just going to play tournaments every weekend post-tournament reports every week and they were kind of like war stories so The Weekly Wars fit which by the way is the name of a song by The Number 12 Looks Like You which is a great band Uh, great song and I just shamelessly stole it for my blog
0: nice so, I mean, you've had a lot of good content on there. Do you... Thank you. You're welcome. So <laughs> how do you come up with things that you want to write for the for the blog?
1: Um, well, mostly I write either tournament reports or I write about Storm or Canadian Threshold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are basically the only topics I have. Um, but I do play a lot of Storm and I do play a lot of Canadian Threshold, so... I don't know, I just talk about things that I consider appropriate because I put out content that at least that's is, that's is what I hope uh I put out content that is not out there. That's my goal. Uh I want to give new information out to the players just because. Uh, I think this game is more enjoyable when more people have more information. And this is my way of doing that. Um, Basically, I just write whatever is on my mind. Um, Actually, the the best example of this is, like, in November 2013, there was a Legacy GP in Columbus, I guess, coming up. Mm -hmm. And I decided to just write about Devil of Secrets and Legacy. And I just went through all the decks that were like existent, I guess, at that time. And I just... Like, I wrote two articles in two or three days, <laughs> posted them on back-to-back days, um, just because I felt, well, let's do this. Um, then the, the next year... Actually, no. The, the next year, I did nothing. I think literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And then in 2015... I just randomly posted a few articles. Like I did that cantrips calculations thing where I actually started getting more into the, I guess, technical aspect of storm, like calculating how far you go when revealing cards with ad nauseum, um, based on how many cantrips you have and how many extra cards you get to see after you stopped Mm -hmm. and how many cards kill you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, And also wondered what the best way was to use your contrips, like which order and which contrips were better in which situations. And so I did some calculations on that and just wrote about it and published it. And I think it was actually very interesting. Um, I don't think it gets enough attention, Mm -hmm. actually, like not in the sense oh, my article is so great, people read this, why are you not talking about this? More in the sense that I'm surprised that people don't care as much about these things. Because I see Frank Carsten write articles, and I think his way of thinking about the game is just very useful and very underutilized. Right. This was just kind of my attempt to do a frank cast impression because that was a thing i cared about and i thought well i now have this data why not share it right right that is basically how i write i think oh canadian is great right now let's write about canadian or um oh i went to gpx let's write a tournament report because i still like excuse me been talking too much uh i still like running out of air uh, i still like writing tournament reports yeah uh, i had this brief stint where i wrote this article series hashtag the weekly wars uh that was my goal of just summing up random lessons i've learned throughout the week and post them every week but that didn't go as well like People weren't super interested in it. It didn't generate a lot of hits, so I just stopped doing it. And nobody has actually asked about it coming back, so I guess that wasn't too bad for me to stop it. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really basically just me writing about Canadian because I think there's a new thing going on, or writing about Storm because I think I've discovered something new, or writing about Storm because I think there's no great compilation of ideas or... Maybe the ideas I have and some other guys have are not really public and should be.
0: Yeah. I, I haven't given you specific feedback on that uh, daily, daily thing, but I, I, have, I have to say that all of these things that you've you mentioned now, like whether it's the cantrip calculations or the term reports, I've enjoyed a lot just because, in, in fact, I, in some ways it's sort of allowed me to feel like I know you better than I do. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you, you write in a way that are, is very open um, and 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 really lets people understand how you think. And, and, and the other thing that I like is that you're willing to experiment, right? Because you're talking about these different things that you've written about. And it's just stuff, and I really do feel as a reader that you just wrote it because it was there or you felt like you wanted to write about it. And I think I find that very very admirable that you put in the work to do that. Um, you know, even if you didn't need, um, you, like you didn't, it almost, it almost feels like you don't need a readership. It's just, you just feel like if one person read that and found it useful, then, or you are already thinking about it. So you might as well put it out there. I find that very, very admirable.
1: Thank you very much. And it's definitely true that if there's one person who wants to read what I have to say or hear what I have to say, I am going to tell them, and if there are other people who want to read about it, the information is out there. Like there's, I might not make not might not always make time immediately to answer questions, but whenever I write something and there are questions, I will end up answering them sooner or later in some form or another. Um, I don't know. It just, I feel good about it. If, if what I write just makes one people enjoy the game more, even for a day, that's already it paid off it's great
0: that's uh how i feel about the stuff that i've i've done in the past including this this podcast is that it it's not necessarily about like a million people need to hear it but if there are like five people who listen to this and they got something out of it i would feel good about it because um it's it's my very 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 small way to to uh to further the magic community it it almost sounds a little bit pretentious but um i hope somebody gets value out of something and i don't need a million people to um to get value out of it you know what i mean
1: yeah i think there's actually i don't want to say more noble but it kind of is than how many people approach creating content like not creating content to make money off it or anything just Really, make content for the sake of creating good content. Yeah, and I think that that's a very admirable and, uh, goal. That it's a great thing to strive for. I think
0: because let's face it; I mean, there's not a lot of uh, money to be made in in creating magic content. And even if you are one of the top content creators, I I really don't know the the payoff. Uh, at least with regards to getting a regular day job or something like that. So, which which I do have. So I'm kind of doing this as kind of a a, a labor of love. So um, I just do it because I <laughs> I enjoy it and and I, I want to keep it as simple as that. So
1: yeah, I, I mean, for example, I don't get anything off my blog. For my situation, it does not matter if one person reads it or one million people. Mm-hmm. If one million people read it, of course it makes me feel great, especially if one million people like it or even half a million people like it, yeah. or even if thirty people read it and twenty tell me they like what they read, that already makes me feel great um but it really doesn't make a difference how many people read what I write um right only but, uh, it it just feels great to be appreciated that's it
0: yeah um and to and the process of creating content I think is also. <laughs> very underrated like it's just it, it feels yeah. good sometimes just to do it
1: i actually think that it's very underappreciated how helpful it is for yourself to write something yes cuz if you if you try to teach someone a skill it makes you look at the the bare basics of the skill and in, in turn, it, it's going to make you better as well. Like if you if you are forced to think about a thought process that's so valuable, that actually helps you. Because right. uh, you, you might do something, if you're playing Magic, for example, and you stream or record your games, matches, um, you might just make plays based on intuition. But then if you have to explain them, You are forced to think about them. Yeah. And I think that's very, very helpful.
0: Yeah, it's a very healthy and helpful uh, self-confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So having said that, though, I mean, if you you did win a GP tomorrow, right, um, in Legacy, and a big site comes and says, you know, Jonathan, we want you to write for our site. You have to write once a week about legacy about storm or something like that um potentially you would want to take that right because you you it could you you could maybe reach out to more people and help more people and uh, maybe make a little bit of revenue on the side no
1: um i've actually thought about it and i'm not sure the the one issue here is I'm not sure how consistently I would be able to put out content because even at this point I'm already thinking, Oh, I need to put out more content. I want to do this and this, but I don't, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, getting bigger readership is definitely a huge deal. Um, I guess it would depend on which site was going to offer me a job. Right. Um, I would look into them, like how they make money and how awful they are as a company, or how good they are
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um, yeah I don't know that, that like if you're writing for someone, you are basically advertising them yeah um i don't want to advertise bad business mm-hmm. period
0: mm-hmm. A- and also you feel sort of more of an it's a contractual obligation. Like I have to write a piece every X days and it might not always be your best work. And and sometimes you might feel bad about that. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's still the case with some of the things I write, but being paid for it. I'm not sure how great I would feel about it.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But suffice to say, I really enjoy your blog and, um, for the readers, listeners out there, please check it out, the Weekly Wars. Um I've actually found myself going back and rereading a lot of your content. Um, especially the storm box and some of these things. Um uh, oh. you know. Uh, which I know needs updating. Um uh, but but <laughs> yeah. you know, but I know that's why you that see I know you well enough to know that that's why your response is like that. But uh yeah. but 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 you know, there's some <laughs> fundamental <laughs> concepts in there. There's a lot of honest things in there. Like, for example, when I consider you to be one of the the best Storm players out there, and when you wrote about why you didn't want to play Storm at a certain point in time, that really made me like think about it. Holy crap! Okay, this person wrote this, and or Jonathan specifically wrote this. I need to pay attention. So there's a lot of good content in there, and I and I'm just plugging your site for you. I hope that people can 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 check it out, and uh, I I found value in rereading some of the the articles, even if they are outdated. <laughs>
1: so. And- the stormbox will get updated. I know I've been talking about it basically since Seattle, yeah. but I, I am definitely going to. It's going to become
0: it. this like long-running joke. It'll be like this legendary thing, like you, you keep saying it's <laughs> going to get updated, and then like maybe in t- two thousand and twenty, when like I don't know, when there's a like seven mana dark ritual, it'll get updated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, I don't even think Dark Petition is covered in it. <laughs> That's how old it is. <laughs>
0: Right, right. We'll see. But uh, and dark
1: petition has definitely changed things.
0: Oh, it has. And you've you've, you've told me you posted about it actually in a, in a number of different places. But it's now it's your duty now to update the stormbox. Yeah, I
1: know. It's been for a while.
0: Yeah, we don't need the stormbox to say the Grim Tutor is bad. We know that by now. So we need to get some new content on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really still don't get how people. Can have playground too so
0: it's still showing up, man. I don't know like, just can't <laughs> yeah get I away mean from
1: it. Martin Nielsen seems to like it, and I just don't get it
0: and, and he's sorry, great, martin he's a, he's a great player, so I don't know you the, you yeah, he might be on to something I don't know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe everyone is uh, everyone else is right though yeah. it's just garbage
0: yeah uh, did i did I tell you the martin user story? I guess I wrote about it already in the in the book, but it's like um he 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 whenever you ask him about like i assume you played him or or interacted with him at some point
1: right yeah yeah, i played against him in prague
0: yeah like whenever i whenever people ask him what he does he always says he's a tourist which i which i find very funny and actually it's it's factually true right so uh (laughs) uh (laughs) he goes around the world but i yeah he's just a okay i won't get too long-winded here but he's just a great player like um he, he he crushed me in Legacy in 2011, even though he didn't even, he had to read my cards. And it's always, one, <laughs> it's, like Rodrigo was saying, it's like, when someone's reading your cards, that's when you you have to be very careful. Like, this guy is probably a good player. <laughs> so I anyway. have never
1: heard that sentiment, but it might be correct.
0: Yeah, like, if you're facing him in, like, a winner's bracket, and he has to read your cards, he's probably a good player. Or he's a total luck sack, but I guess it's very unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, all right, so that concludes my talk with Jonathan Alexander, the three-part series, or at least the magic part. What happened was we ended up talking for an hour about other stuff that we're very passionate about, like hip-hop. And uh, for the purpose of staying on topic for the show and for the purpose of your sanity, I've removed that part from the podcast. But I will possibly release that as a standalone episode at some point in time. So the reason why the podcast ended so abruptly here is simply because we stopped talking about magic and life-related things and moved on to music. So I hope you've enjoyed the talk with Jonathan thus far. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next time on Humans of Magic. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Humans of Magic. I would love to get feedback from you on how to make the show better. You can find me on Twitter at James underscore Sue. That's James underscore HSU. Please also check out my website at writtenbyjames.com and drop me a line. Thanks for listening and have an awesome day.